Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. <clears throat> Today we are bidding farewell to the great feast of the incarnation of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ, His nativity, according to the flesh, when He became man of the Virgin Mary. And we're also welcoming, started to welcome to another great feast of His appearance among the Israelites, His appearance in the River Jordan, that is, bidding, uh, welcoming the feast of, the, of Theophany. And 30 years passed between our Saviour's nativity and his theophany, his appearance among uh, Jewry. For 30 years he was subject to his mother and to him who was supposed to be his uh, father, uh, among the well, people who people thought he was, was his father, Joseph, and who was in obedience and in, 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 in all ways was, uh, do, was doing things in accordance with the laws of man, except sin. And as yesterday we read in the during the vigil, that beautiful homily of Mar Jacob of Saruk, he was in all things doing things according to man, so that no man would think that he simply appeared in fancy, but rather he had truly become man. He walked the ways of man in all things except sin, so that everybody would understand, never doubting that God had truly become man, and that he uh, that he took, taken upon himself all things of man except sin. And when the time came for his appearance that he should come to the Israelites and she should start the preaching of the kingdom of God, his ministry, <coughs> he sent a messenger in, in, in front of his face. A messenger, a person who would be holy, who would be a prophet, who would be the seal of all the prophets. For what purpose? To prepare his way, prepare his coming, to make straight the paths of those who would hear our Savior's coming. Who was this person? St. John the Baptist. He was the one who was sent in front of his face to prepare the ways. And what are these ways? What is this preparation? What does it entail? It entailed preparing the hearts of men, making, the straight, making straight the way, meaning making straight the crooked hearts of men who had grown old in sin and iniquity, preparing them for the coming, for the preaching of our Saviour. And what was this, the means, the tool, by which St. John the Baptist prepared the hearts of men for the coming of our Savior? How did he make smooth the rugged and rough roads, that is, the hearts of men? How did he straighten the crooked paths of, of the hearts of, of men, of the Israelites? By repentance, preaching of repentance, that blessed state of mind, which is godly sorrow. Accusation of oneself of not being up to that great calling, that task of, of holding relationship, converse with God, of doing His will. Godly sorrow for our sins and seeking constantly the face of God, the forgiveness, the reestablishment of relationship with God. This is repentance. And repentance is so great that that is what prepares the hearts of men for the coming of our Savior. Our Savior wishes that He should dwell in our hearts. That is what God wishes, because He created the vessels of men, our soul, with heart and, and mind, to be thrown for God. That is why we are images of God. He wishes to dwell, the prototype wishes to dwell in His image. And that is the vessel of man, the heart, that can contain God if it's purified. 
Therefore, repentance, repentance is, those, is that means that file, that files away our rustiness, our sin, our passion, iniquity, all those things that inhibit God from dwelling in our hearts. Repentance is so great that can make pure the vessel of the hearts of men, so that God should come and dwell in the hearts of men. That is why St. John the Baptist was sent. That is why repentance was preached, because it has such a great power. Not only St. John the Baptist, but our Savior himself, when after his baptism, when he went out to preach the kingdom of God, his first, word, first words of preaching were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. See how preparation is the repentance and the coming of God is called the kingdom of God. Therefore, God wishes to dwell, to reign, that his kingdom should reign in our hearts. For he says so to his apostles, that the kingdom of God is within you, that is, in those who have purified themselves. And the means of preparing ourselves, of doing our part for, the, for welcoming God in our hearts, is repentance, that blessed state of mind and heart, as I say. And our life is called the life of repentance of every Orthodox Christian, especially of us monastics. Life of repentance is that blessed state of mind of godly sorrow, of seeking constantly the face of God. But let, let's use even deeper analogy that all, we always find in the writings of Saint Isaac the Syrian. What does he write about repentance? How, how great it is and how does he, uh, what analogy does he use? He says that the, this world is the, of, of sin and passion is like a great ocean and we are traversing it to seeking the land that is beyond this ocean, which is the land of God's love. Therefore, we are traversing this uh, ocean of, a tumultuous ocean of passion, sin, of the, what is called this world, to reach that haven, that haven which is perfect love towards God, God's kingdom, the new Jerusalem, the perfect love of God and our neighbor. And the means by which we traverse is a boat. And that boat is the boat of repentance. Therefore, if we board that boat of repentance, we are sure to traverse the, the tumultuous uh, ocean of this world in order to reach that destination which we are seeking to love God entirely with our whole soul, mind, heart and might. And that is the boat that we need to be boarded on, the boat of, the, the boat of repentance, of constantly accusing ourselves for all things that we should fall short of this life of love of God that has towards us and seeking his face, his forgiveness uh, and, and in, in uh, amending our, ourselves. But, Saint Isaac the Syrian adds, just as a boat cannot move without oarsmen, people that propulse it, the people that, uh, the means by which it is propulsed towards its destination, so the boats of repentance cannot move without one ingredient. And what is that? Fear of God. Fear of God are the oarsmen, St. Isaac the Syrian says, that propulses, that makes the boat move towards love of God. Now let us delve into this in more detail, because when we say fear of God, we should understand what exactly it means. Because if we take the mind of the world of what fear means, it means fear of punishment, fear of being harmed, fear of being hurt and so forth. And even the heterodox 
theology, so-called, among the, the Western denominations, think that the fear of God is fearing his punishment, of him being wrathful with us and punishing us and tormenting us and so forth. And that is how they understand it, which is the wrong, a wrong concept. That, not, that is not what fear of God means. That is not how the fathers understand the fear of God. That is not how the scripture understands the fear of God. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When Why Solomon says it doesn't mean fear of being punished by God and being uh, pursued by God to, for him to punish us and torment us. That that is what is the beginning of wisdom. It can't be. No fear of punishment can be the beginning of any wisdom. For what is then? The fear of God that propulses us to repentance, in repentance towards love of God. Does, do the saints explain? Of course they do. St. Isaac the Syrian himself in another homily explains what is the fear of God. Fear of God is fear of his love, he says. An incredible concept. To fear his love. What does that mean? Means of losing our relationship with God, of breaching the trust that God has, 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 uh, has towards us, of wounding the love that He has towards us. All things that He has shown, His love, His mercy, His, His compassion, of us abusing of all this, breaching, wounding this relationship, that is what we should fear. Of because of that, our heart should grow uh, callous and should, should grow uh, cold and should grow hard. And by that means for us to lose entirely our relationship with God and thereby miss that mark, miss that straight gate, which makes us to enter into uh, uh, His love, into that harbor for which we, uh, which we are seeking. That is what fear of God means. Losing our relationship with God because of our stupidity, because of our foolishness, because of our attachment to the world and repeating the same sins again and again and not allowing ourselves to turn towards Him. That is the fear of God, what it means, of losing our God. Not that He is lost, but that we should be lost to Him because our mind is not according to his mind. And we had done the will of his enemy, rather his will. And our heart has grown away from him. That is what we should fear. That we should pass this life entirely wasting day after day in pursuits that will be of no avail after at the time of our death. And that we should look at our life seeing that the minutes, hours, days, weeks, years that we passed without uh, cultivating this relationship with God. That is what we should fear. And when we have that kind of fear, of fear losing the mark, of losing our relationship with God, of, not, uh, of abusing His trust towards us, when we have that fear, that truly will plunge us into godly sorrow. Sorrow that is repentance. Sorrow that cleanses, purifies our heart, and that will truly propel our boat towards the harbor, which is love of God. And how great this, the power of repentance is when it is based, propelled by, by fear of losing our relationship with God, we can see throughout the scriptures, especially in that beautiful incident in the life of the great prophet and King David, whose memory we also keep today, being it a movable feast, celebrated every Sunday after Nativity. What's happened? What do we hear in the life of Prophet David? Not only his, but especially in his life. 
that the man who was righteous fell into terrible double sin of murder and adultery. He plotted to kill one of his generals in order because he was so enthralled with his wife, with, the, with her beauty, and had been, and that's why he arranged his killing that he should be sent to the front of the battlefield in sieging one city where the death, death was sure, and then to, to have this illicit relationship with his wife. A terrible, a terrible sin, double sin. And what happened when he had done this? Nathan the prophet came up to him and upbraided him, reminding him, waking him up from his stupor, from his terrible blindness and sleep, spiritual sleep, which he had uh, gone into and done terrible things. And as soon as these scales were lifted up from his eyes and this cloud was lifted up from his mind, seeing what he had done, straight away he gave himself over to repentance, to godly sorrow, to presenting his sin, accusing himself, not blaming the demons, not blaming the circumstances, not blaming the beauty of the woman or the weakness of the flesh, none of this. Himself, accusing himself and bringing himself to repentance because of this. And what's happened? Once he presented himself, he offered his heart in full repentance, will propelled by fear, fear of because of the sin he would lose entirely his relationship with God and his godly sorrow, and he, this engendered in him godly sorrow and seeking the forgiveness from the face of, of, uh, of God. Straight away to Nathan the prophet was revealed that his sin was forgiven, not after a day, after two days, after a week or a year, no, that very same moment. That's how great repentance is. That's how much God accepts a repentant heart. And from that incident we have as a memorial of the power of repentance that great psalm, uh, which is the Psalm 50, which we repeat constantly, every day. There is not a uh, service that, uh, that starts without uh, saying the 50th Psalm. It's repeated several times throughout the liturgy. Every time the priest senses, he repeats the 50th Psalm. It's uh, the Psalm that is the, the banner, the anthem of the Church, uh, uh, proclaiming the power of repentance and mercy of God. And therein, among all the beautiful things that Prophet David wrote in that psalm, he tells us, by power of repentance, what, how God accepts a heart that is repentant. A heart that, for the sacrifice unto God, is a broken spirit. A heart that is broken and that is humbled, God shall not despise. That is the power of repentance and put in such beautiful words that God accepts a broken and repentant and humble heart as an incense, as sacrifice, as true offering to him. And straight away he forgets, straight away he cleanses, purifies, obliterates everything that was done by that person for the sake of that person's offering of his repentance, his change of mind, of heart, for that's what uh, repentance means, the change of heart entirely towards the, the good, towards God. Therefore, look how great is the power of repentance, not only in, prophet, in life of prophet and King David, but in other instances we see of the King Manasseh, who was a terrible sinner, and there again he offered a heartfelt contrition, godly sorrow, uh, propelled, as I say, pushed by the fear of losing God, of losing out from, from, from the, the, uh, the salvation. 
and he was forgiven as well. The king uh, Ahaz, uh, Hezekiah as well, uh, the, his uh, heartfelt contrition and, and, and repentance uh, spared him from, from uh, uh, of, that is, of uh, losing his relationship with God. And straight away his, his sin was forgiven. <coughs> and so forth. Therefore we see repentance, beloved Christians, is the way of life. And for our repentance to be, to be, to be uh, energizing, to be powerful, to be effective, it needs to have the fear of God. And fear of God is understood, as I said, fear of losing our relationship with God. That is how the saint teaches. That is how St. Isaac teaches us. That is therefore, especially as monastics, hold on to repentance. Make repentance our every breath. Godly sorrow being our companion constantly. And fear of losing our salvation. Fear of losing to see the faith, the opportunity to see the face of God of Jacob, if not in this life, in that life at least, then th let this be our constant companion. And if we board the boat of repentance, being uh, manned by the oarsmen of fear of God, surely we shall reach the heavenly Jerusalem, the kingdom of God, which is the perfect love of God, where only God's love reigns. Of this, may our Saviour deem us worthy. Amen. <laughs>